Welcome to the Peace Church D Group Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Perry, the mobilization pastor and D Group leader at Peace Church. I'm here with Aaron Pierce, our multiplication pastor and leader of our discipleship ministry. This podcast is a resource to encourage, equip, and empower D Group leaders to lead their D Groups well. Welcome back to the Peace D Group Leaders Podcast. This is episode 43. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the necessity of confrontation. Uh, an important aspect of intentionally discipling others is being willing to confront someone that's struggling or they just need accountability. Confrontation, it's something that many of us don't like or we just simply avoid it, but it is essential to a healthy discipleship process. So Aaron, if you would just kind of walk us through the necessity of confrontation. So just to put a little bit of context to um, for those of you who have listened to this before, you may have seen in a previous episode, much earlier on, things like around episode 12 or 13, somewhere in there, we actually did an episode on when and how to um, deal with uncommitted group members. So there was elements that we talked about in that episode about confrontation that we're not going to revisit here. We're talking more generally about confrontation as a whole because truth is you don't just confront people when it gets like really serious or when they're really not committing to your group. There's several different ways that confrontation needs to happen. So we're going to talk about that here. So why is it important and why is it necessary to discipleship? Well, first, and give you three reasons of why it's necessary. First is it's impossible to grow without confronting your weaknesses or sins. So think about this, right? Both you listening and us as individuals and in your group setting, like part of what God does in the spiritual growth process for everybody, everybody that's a follower is literally confronting us through his word, through his spirit, talking about our sins, our weaknesses, or just whatever the case may be. You hear a sermon on a Sunday and man, God speaks to you and shows you, man, I really want to live differently. Or God speaks in a way that shows something and confronts me. So when we use the word confrontation, I think sometimes it always has like a negative connotation, but usually like and honestly, even in discipleship, it's not a bad thing necessarily. You're actually doing it out of love in the same way God confronts us in our weaknesses. And so I say all that to say, sort of set up, the truth is nobody can grow spiritually without some level of confrontation, whether it's from God or usually what God does is use a combination of his, his spirit, his word, in conjunction with other people, whether it's people you know well or people that just run into you and they say something that makes you think, man, Am I really living in this area right? Or whatever the case may be, whatever the truth is that you're giving you, in that way they're confronting. And so truth is you can't grow without some level of confrontation in your spiritual life. And another thing is that's part of what you're inviting people into when you say, hey, I want to be in a D group with you. And when you say yes to that, you are inviting them into that so that uh, if they do see, and it's like you said, weaknesses or sins, because it's not necessarily saying I'm confronting you about this sin, but there may be something that just creeps up that maybe if, if it's not addressed, it's going to lead to a sin. Right. But that's exactly what you're inviting that D group into is like, hey, if you see something in my life that starts to you know get out of line a little bit, man, that confrontation could, man, it could protect me from something major happening. Yeah, absolutely. And when you invite somebody into your life, you're kind of giving them, like you said, the leverage to speak in for the sole goal of you growing. Mm -hmm. I think that's important even for you listening as D group leaders. Like if you're looking at your group as I'm going to help them versus we all help each other, you kind of miss that point too. Like they have the freedom to say, hey, I've noticed this about, you know, this pattern in your life or this thing. Again, like you said, it may not be a sin. It might just be, hey, this is like something you might want to look into or 
um, you know, something the way you said this or the way you tend to say things like, hey, maybe this could be tweaked a little bit. And it's just an area of growth, right? The truth is, again, it's impossible to grow without confronting our weaknesses or sins. Number two, the other reason why, or second reason why healthy confrontation is necessary for discipleship is that healthy relationships involve confrontation. And I should say healthy relationships involve healthy confrontation, right? So we've all seen the kind of relationships where somebody's just like screaming at the other person or belittling them or downing them. That's not healthy confrontation. That's being a jerk or even abusive or harsh. On the flip side, though, it's also not healthy in relationship to never have arguments or never fight. Um, there's kind of like this weird idea I've actually heard people say before, like we've just never fought in our relationship or in our marriage. And I'm going, dude, like there's no way that's okay. Cause either you're just like stuffing down your, your frustrations and that's going to build up resentment over time. Or you're just like being passive and unwilling to have hard conversations, which may actually hurt the other person as well. The truth is like, in relationships, whether it be people getting on your nerves, people being different than you, or just seeing things in people that are areas that need to grow, confrontation is always necessary and part of a healthy relationship. The challenge comes in knowing how to do that well, as far as how do you confront, and even calling back to the previous episode where we dealt with dealing with uncommitted group members, we walked through some practical ways to do that in the context of discipleship. There's so many things we could say on this topic. This is not a podcast specific to marriage or friendships, but discipleship specifically, we walked through some things in that previous episode. But you need to know, like, Honestly, it is a healthy thing when you actually have to confront other group members or they confront you about things. So, for example, um, let's just say you're in the the D group setting and you notice somebody's just having a, a pattern of behavior. Again, it may not even be a sin. Let's just say they tend to be a little bit, um, you know, slack with some of their time management. Like they may get their assignments done, but you just kind of see this repeated pattern of, man, I slept in too much or, I, you know, whatever the case may be that hasn't led to a sin yet. But you can kind of see if you don't get a hold on this, it could cause some other issues. And the, the temptation is for us to sit back and think, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation. But like love compels us to actually speak truth into each other's lives. And let me preface by saying this too, with any confrontation, you also need to have a relationship in the first place. Mm-hmm. You, we're not talking about your first D group meeting and somebody's like, yeah, I really struggle with discipline. And you're like, well, stop being <laughs> undisciplined, you sinner. Like, not like that, but just in the sense of as you get to know one another, as you have the opportunity to speak into each other's lives, a healthy relationship necessitates that we actually speak truth. Yeah. And I think you do it with a posture of humility, not coming yes. at it like, you idiot sinner, what are you doing? But you having humility in the way that you you do confront. Yeah, and, and a way to even say that is like, acknowledge maybe where you've fallen short in the same area or continue to. And even if that area that you're confronting is not even a struggle for yourself, just say, hey, like, I totally get why this could be a challenge. Or even just say, I may not be seeing this clearly, but here's what I see. Like, help me see, do you feel like this is something you'd like to work on? Because what I've seen actually happen is when you bring something like that up, oftentimes people go, yeah, you know, I've, I've really struggled with this before. Thanks for speaking. Would you mind being and, you know, helping me be accountable to that. And so, again, gives you that opportunity to speak into them. So that's the second reason. The third reason it's necessary 
is that passivity in confronting leads to apathy. So really the reason healthy relationships involve confrontation is when we don't confront, one of two things happens. And this can happen in discipleship too, is you build up a certain level of cynicism or even resentment towards the people in your group. You see things that aren't going well, and because you don't have the courage to confront, you end up kind of pawning it off on them, like they're just lazy or they're just whatever. And the truth is that may actually be true. Like they might be lazy in that sense, but rather than doing the loving thing and and pointing it out and helping them, you kind of just write them off because it makes you feel better because you don't have to say, why it's, it's my fault. Because the truth is, it's not your fault as the leader, obviously, when they don't do something. But you can kind of use the cynicism in your heart that you let build up because you failed to confront it. Justify your attitude towards them. And the truth is, like the way Jesus deals with us is neither cynical or like blindly, uh, oh, everything's amazing. You know, Jesus confronts us in our own lives with love and truth. So meaning, you don't just pass over the hard things. Jesus does that to us all the time. He, he confronts the hard things. He doesn't pass over them. But neither do you like pretend like, you know, or everything's terrible, like they're a horrible person, right? And thankfully, God was willing to step into our brokenness. And so you want to extend that outward. The other way it leads, though, to apathy is um, not just in terms of avoidance, but when you don't confront things, it may actually lead them to think that how they're living is okay. Mm. And that's what I've seen, honestly, and where I have fallen short as a D group leader at times is there were patterns I would see in place that I thought, man, maybe I should say something here, but out of fear or whatever the case may be, I didn't. And I could see the pattern actually spill over into other areas of life that maybe weren't, wasn't a sin to start with, but it sure got really close over time. And I look back and thought, man, like I didn't do my part to help them because I think it was areas of blind spots in their lives that they couldn't see very clearly. And if I maybe had just brought it up, who knows what could have happened? And so, man, if you're listening, listen, I have failed in this area and I've seen it play out where when I was reluctant to confront, they got comfortable in that apathetic state and over time it becomes normal. So they're like, well, I'm in a D group, nobody's saying anything, this must be okay. And we, we don't want to allow those sort of, you know, things that are in people's lives or in our lives to go unnoticed or go untalked about, especially when it's obvious because it could lead to apathy in that sense. All right. So you kind of touched on it a while ago, but that's the necessity of confrontation. So why is it that we struggle with confrontation? So here's the bigger thing, right? You may all agree, and I would agree with these reasons. It's one thing to agree with the need. It's a whole other thing to have the conversation. So one thing, a few things here. First, I think the biggest thing is just fear of being uncomfortable. I mean, good night. Like, who in the world, very few people in the world love confrontation. I mean, it takes like a very unique personality to actually enjoy that process. And so I know for me, it's just flat out uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not, I don't have a problem even necessarily speaking truth. Like, some people maybe fear of, like, I don't even know if I want to say it. My fear is when I say this, our relationship at this point is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. It could go where they get really upset and they get awkward and they, they are not talking to me or, and I'm looking at it from keeping them happy with me, which is totally selfish, but yeah. it's just true. I can remember that it was a, it was a one-on-one discipleship relationship and some things were going on. And I remember talking to my wife and I said, you know, I've got to confront. And I was like, I'm really afraid because I'm afraid that when I confront, this could like potentially destroy the, the relationship. Like it could be over. Yeah. And I was like, man, but, but I said, it's, it's a risk I got to take. Uh, thankfully, it did not destroy you know the relationship, but 
But I remember having that fear, and it almost held me back from doing what I needed to do. Yeah, and it's a legit fear. I think everybody who's done this would agree, like, that's a hard thing. But let me just say this. A little bit of discomfort and confrontation is so much more worth them addressing issues in their life that could potentially ruin their life or just lead to patterns of disobedience, right? I mean, you think about Jesus was pretty uncomfortable in how he treated some people, and I'm sure it would have been easier to be much more well-liked. I mean, for crying out loud, they crucified him because of the way he confronted in truth. And so there is that responsibility we have that kind of helps counter that fear. And I love what you said. You, you almost said, Brad, that you were compelled to do it. And I think that's what we've got to think through. But I understand that struggle completely. So the other second struggle, first being fear of uncomfortable, being uncomfortable. The second struggle I would say is we believe in the lie that it's unloving. We've kind of addressed this a little bit, but just to restate, it's actually more unloving to let them be comfortable in sin than to confront it and, and say hard things. And listen, I'm saying this again, it's just, it's the uncomfortable and inconvenience for me that makes this difficult. I don't necessarily believe that it's, you know, unloving to confront. It's almost like I would rather sometimes just keep the peace. But again, it's actually unloving to keep peace in a situation where there's sin going on or patterns that are dangerous versus like, lovingly confronting them. The loving thing to do is to speak truth. It's kind of like I heard somebody say, it would have been like Jesus walking up, or somebody walking up to Jesus, the rich young ruler, for example, who says what he says. And in that story, as we know, like Jesus ends up telling him, sell everything you have because he knew his idolatry was in his possessions. The unloving thing for Jesus to have done would be like, oh yeah, you told me you kept the law. Good job, bud. I'll see you in heaven because that's a lie. Like he knew he did not have that man's heart. And so Jesus just pinpoints the issue, sell everything you have because your issue is idolatry. The rich young ruler walks away sorrowful, but man, the unloving thing would have been to not speak truth. And so we've got to be willing to counter the lie that it's unloving to confront and say, actually, the loving thing I can do in this situation is speak truth, speak love, and, and, or speak truth in love in a way that helps them see their need for growth in this area. Thirdly, why do we struggle with confrontation is we make God our cop-out. So here's what I mean by this. By this times, we oftentimes we'll, I've heard people say this, you know, I'm just going to pray for the person and let God confront them. Now listen, you certainly should be praying about it, especially if you're at a point where you think you need to have a conversation with somebody. Man, like by all means pray about it. Don't do that in the flesh. Let God direct that conversation. But it is really a cop-out if we say, I'm not going to say anything to this person. I'm going to let God do it because God actually tells us to address these issues. If you go through Scripture, you can see Paul in some of his letters. He straight up calls out people by name. The whole book of Galatians, for example, is him calling out the Judaizers and their false teaching. Like Paul didn't just say, hey, those false teachers who we're not going to talk about in this letter, I'm just going to pray for them. He spells out specific things that they were doing wrong. And so there is that sense that maybe if we're a little bit more of a passive or peacemaking type of personality, sometimes we can kind of say, well, we're just going to pray about it. And listen, again, that's great to do, but don't make God the excuse for why you're not going to confront when in fact, in his word, he actually shows us and tells us that we should be doing those things. And that's a hard thing to, to say, but it is truth that we can do that at times. The fourth and last reason I'd say we struggle with confrontation is that we just don't know how. And honestly, of all the reasons, this is a very legitimate reason because our culture as a whole is really bad 
at confronting. Really bad because either we go way too extreme, like beating people down and sin hunting, or we just don't do it at all. And so I would say if that's you, man, a couple things. One, I really mean this. Pray about it and ask God to help you. Go back and listen to that previous episode where we walked through some specifics that while it was addressed to the uncommitted group member, that model of confrontation of calling them one-on-one or reaching out to them outside the group is always best first so that you don't embarrass them in front of the group. But man, like there's some practical things we gave in there I'd encourage you. Another thing I would encourage you if that's you is, man, just reach out to one of the pastors. We would love to walk through maybe some ways that we could help in this area because I understand completely that's a hard thing to kind of figure out how to confront, especially if your family dynamics was one of two extremes, either it was really bad confrontation or no confrontation, you just don't have a framework. And so we wanna be a helping point for you to really know how to do that well. And so with that said, let me say a couple last things here as we'll wrap up this episode that I do wanna touch base on that's really important, is when you're thinking about confrontation, this does not mean, as we just kind of alluded to, it does not mean sin hunting. So the necessity of confrontation doesn't mean every little thing somebody does wrong, you're nitpicking and coming at them. What it means is when you see patterns of behavior that could lead to sin or are sin in and of itself, that is what necessitates confrontation, not an occasional misstep or every little mistake. You are not the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I understand most of you listening probably aren't going to be willing to do that, but there may be some that your tendency is... Um, especially if you tend to be hard on yourself, you can tend to be critical of others very easily. This by no means is a license to go after everything they do wrong. I mean, you wouldn't want that, right? And nobody wants to just be told what they do wrong. In fact, I would say this, and this is something I've had to learn even in marriage. We had a mentor say one time, man, like major on what they do well and minor on the things that they don't do well. I think this is great advice just in relationships in general, like speak love and encouragement to people And then when you do that enough, you can focus on the things that aren't um, going well or that are issues that need to be worked on, and it's not received as, why are you always nitpicking? Why are you always coming at me with the negative? Because that's not what confrontation's for. Confrontation is reserved in a relationship of love that's built on mutual accountability and encouragement, not just, I found fault with you and I'm here to tell you all the things you've done wrong. And one last thing is, almost all of these conversations, just to reiterate, should be done one-on-one. I would never first time confront somebody about an issue in the group setting because you're only going to embarrass them, put them on the spot. Now, you know, if they bring up an issue, hey, what do you guys think about this? The group can kind of do it, but I would still say follow up with them one-on-one later and go deeper. You don't want them to get defensive right off the bat because then you've lost them. Yeah, and anytime you put somebody on the spot, they're not going to be able to receive what you're saying because they're reacting rather than listening. And so... Uh, man, just again to reiterate, it's so important that we do this, and I know this is not comfortable. This is like one of the least fun things to talk about, but your discipleship efforts will be better when you healthily confront people in the right way with the right spirit and the right attitude to help your people grow rather than just ignoring the issues in front of you so that you can get the best opportunity to speak into people's life and help them grow and allow them to do the same so that you can grow as well. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, We hope this was a helpful episode because we do know just in reality, there's going to be times in your D 
group where you're going to have to confront things and confront people. So we hope this is uh, helpful for you to understand that it is necessary in order to grow, but then also hopefully uh, you walked away with some practical things that you can do to do this in a healthy way that um, helps them to grow in Christ. So thank you all for listening. Until next time, we out. (laughs) 